My name is Thad, and we're excited that you're here today for this third week of the neighboring series, uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor? And if you weren't here the previous two, no worries, we're going to catch you up here in just a moment. We'll read the whole Good Samaritan text um, today so that we can really unpack that for you. And then uh, first, I just... I had a few thoughts, you know, about love as we're considering how to approach the talk today. You pretty much know this, but we live in this society where the idea of love is just this so broad concept and definition that it's hard to really capture what it means that God loves us. Uh, the intensity of that love, the purity of that love. The, uh, we, we get just muddied down with the fact that we love our cereal and we love Disneyland and we love our TV shows. And, you know, like, so what does it mean when we say God loves us? Is it just like another thing, like a meh kind of love? Um, and so we're, we're, we're looking at that and realizing as well the sometimes it's tough to love. It's tough to love because we've been hurt before. And so we think that it would be easier to just not love at all. And the Bible says a lot about love, and it reveals a lot about it. We won't read all of 1 Corinthians 13 today. We'll read a couple passages of it. But that really instructs us about what love should look like or what it does look like. Jesus tells us that uh, he laid down his life out of love, sent by God, we see that throughout the scriptures we're given plenty of examples of loving others and how to love, but it's still a struggle for us to really just purely love others without making snap judgments or, you know, putting labels on people. It's hard, and it's difficult. And if you've been hurt before, it's even harder to open yourself up for love. It's not safe, although we've never been challenged in Scripture to be safe. It's not safe always to love. We want to put a wall up. We want to put this barrier up. But you know what? Walls also keep us from getting our love out to others. So what can we, what can we do about that? The question we're pondering today, and this is a series of questions... In this series, we're really asking ourselves questions that will make us consider the next action that we should take. And our question is, who do you have room in your heart to love this year that you didn't have room for last year? Who do you have room for? Again, the title today is Make Room. Make Room. I think this is an unsettling question that really makes us like, Ponder, I don't, wow, yeah, that's a good question. Who do I have room for or who can I make room to love? We don't have room again because maybe we've closed our heart off to love anybody else. We've just chose love hurt me and I'm not even going to open it up to a new connection. Someone hurt us, so we're protecting ourselves, I guess you would say, by making our heart smaller, if you would. And our retraction keeps us from the actions that actually bring us life to the full. As we can 
read throughout text. To live a life to the full, we'll have to put love on the line in our heart first. And so when we decide not to do that, we start missing out on God's intent for us to experience life. In light of the, the theme we have called neighboring during the course of this year, we should know that good neighbors make room to love others. Good neighbors will, will make room. And that's what we see in the story of the Good Samaritan that we're looking at during the course of this month. The Samaritan made room physically, financially, outside of the context of his faith, to love a person who in all sense and purpose is considered his enemy. A Jewish person beat by the side of the road. He's putting himself at risk. He has no idea if the robbers are still around, watching, but he crosses the street and makes somebody's life better by serving them. The good Samaritan put himself in harm's way for his neighbor. He made room that day to serve someone. And so Luke 10 reminds us of all these aspects of love, and we're going to read the whole thing just to catch us all up. So Luke 10 verse 25 says, one day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. Well, the guy didn't get to trap Jesus with that question, so he dug a little farther, right? He says, the man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes and beat him up, left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over, looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side of the road. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine, bandaged them, and then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits, Jesus asked. And the man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. So that's the challenge we've been looking at. How do we go and be the merciful? How do we go and do the same? Not stay and be merciful to those in your midst. It's church. You're coming here today to feel fine, be inspired by love, to go and be merciful in this world that is desperate for authentic relationship. We're going to evaluate if we need to make room in our heart today for someone we didn't have room for last year. In addition to that, 
we're going to find out how to make room. So not only find out whether we need room, but find out how to, to make it today by answering three simple questions. Uh, question one, is loving others a priority for you? And it's one thing to say it's a priority. It's another to pause and actually do the acts of service that equal love. To be inconvenienced. To allow yourself margin. Loving others was a priority for Jesus. And we're going to be, if we're going to be followers for Jesus, we need to follow his example. It's the way he, he even told this story of the good Samaritan, not just looking at the person who is hurt, but actually doing something, stopping his path, spending his own money to care for this individual. Loving others was the whole reason that Jesus came to be with us. John three sixteen and 17 records it. It says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world but to, serve, to save the world through him. Maybe you have a Bible translation that says something like, God so loved the world. God's love is demonstrated in Jesus. Like this is the epitome of love that he actually laid down his life for you and me. You'll know if loving others is a priority by looking at how you interact with others, ultimately. What we determine is most important to us, we make room for. However, what we make room for is not always important, right? We get caught making room for things that really don't matter. So today is one of those days where we're like, yeah, oh, I guess I did. I guess I did make a bunch of space in my life, but I filled it with this. When really my mission on this planet is to love people. It's to demonstrate the love of Jesus to others. Especially if I've reached that point in my life where I've said, okay, I'm going to be a follower of Jesus. I'm going to say yes to him and a relationship with him and be inspired by his actions to model those in the world I live in. We're going to be marked by love. We must proactively make room today so we are prepared to love people. 1 Corinthians 13.3, I said I would share something from 1 Corinthians 13. It's the love segment of the Bible. It says, if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Nothing. So we can do all kinds of crazy stuff in the name of love, but man, or in the name of like generosity and servanthood, but if we don't love, if we're not inspired to do those actions through the motive of love, then it's empty, and it'll feel empty. People will feel like projects when we're serving them versus those who are loved by God. Our motivation is different as followers of Jesus. And my prayer is for your faith to result in more room today, in, in space in your life so that you can make loving others the top priority. Question two, are you keeping the command to love? It's a command. So it's, it's important to consider, like Jesus does command this. John 13, 34 says, now I am giving you a new commandment. This is Jesus' teaching, right? 
He says, love each other. That's the new commandment. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Just as Jesus loved us, we need to love other people. So we can read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four gospel books, the the books that record Jesus' life by eyewitnesses. We can read that and watch how Jesus interacted with people and how he loved and interacted and served people is what we get to do to make that same impact for God's glory in the world around us. And it shines bright when we do it. It's pretty awesome. Loving others is rewarding. Jesus commands us to love others, and he shows us how to love others through his very scripture. So are you loving others like Jesus? That's the question, right? Think about the way that Jesus loves you, and are you loving others in that same way? Do you give away the same grace and mercy that you personally pray for? Are you that freely giving away grace to people, allowing them, or forgiveness to people when they offend you? Do you serve others' needs before your own? Because that's what Jesus did. He gave of himself his time. Every time he was going somewhere and he was inconvenienced, he paused. He had time for the people around him. Jesus didn't wait to be loved before he died for us. He first loved us. So do we first love others before they show love to us, right? Love lays down rights and entitlements to serve others. So Jesus knew that it would be easy for us to love those who loved us, but he also commands and challenges us to make room beyond that, like those that are closest to us, and love even outside our comfort zone, I guess you would say. Chances are the person that you need to make room for this year doesn't necessarily have room either in their life for you to love them. It's not a mutually ready thing. Now, Dana and I, my wife, for those of you who don't know me, um, we always had a guest room in our home. It was something we were pretty passionate about. When we first got a house, we were like, okay, uh, we just always want our home to be a place of hospitality. And so we always had a guest room so uh, friends could come and stay. And um, so and we, when we first got married, moved to the other side of the state to Spokane and didn't know anybody there. So we were like, you know, come visit. We have a guest room. And, and we just had guests all the time. For quite a bit of time then, we moved into a house that had multiple rooms, and we would actually have people live with us for extended periods of time. It was awesome, whether they were just a college student home for the summer, or, you know, we helped, like, Dana's brothers through welfare. I'm just kidding. It wasn't welfare, but pay off student loans, uh, and they lived with us for a year here, a year there. It was crazy. And uh, so we just always had people, but we still had a guest room. And then we had four kids. Now even our room, I have no idea how Preston does it, but I wake up not next to Dana, I'm next to Preston. This little five-year-old dude is like, they're just like, I don't know what he eats in the middle of the night, but there's not natural smells coming out of his mouth. And I'm sure he would say the same about me, but I'm just like, dude, oh, what is that? Did you brush your teeth this week? You know, 
And uh, so the house, even though it's large, has gotten smaller. Now if we want to have a guest in our home, we have to displace some of our kids because every room is taken. But it's kind of the same way when we want to love somebody new, right? Oftentimes we have to displace something in order to find room to love someone new. We've got to make room. And usually, you know, well, depending on who's coming and how many kids they have or whatever, we may have to displace multiple kids from their rooms to be hospitable, to lay down our lives and our priorities, our comfort for their comfort. And it's kind of the, what we're challenged to do day in and day out is to make room. It may not be easy. It may not be comfortable. But we lay down our priorities and needs and comfort so that we can love others. Matthew 5 says, You have heard the law that says, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. He gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Wow, what's the challenge there? Well, the challenge there is a pretty high standard. Perfect love, right? And not just for our friends, even for our highest of enemies. We have this opportunity to love, to give away love, to lay down our priority for our enemies. And in what way does he signify there? Jesus challenges us a habit to develop, no matter whether, uh, you know, they protest different than us, no matter if they have a different view, even politically than us, no matter their habits are different than us, uh, The reality is we're supposed to love them by praying for them. That's the challenge there. Pray for those. Pray for those. We must put love into action. And the first action we're challenged with to love here is prayer. The good Samaritan loved his enemy. Which leads us to question three. Do people see your love? I mean, that good Samaritan crossed the road and served someone who hated his guts. And in a way that demonstrated so many beautiful elements of love. The love we have for people should be evident to those around us. John 3, or 13, 34, we just read, but I'm going to read it with verse 35. It says, so now I am giving you a new command, love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. And then this is verse 35. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. It's our love that is the proof of our faith. We don't have to go sell Jesus to people. We don't have to go push Jesus on people. All we have to do is love people and something beautiful happens. There's this proof that there's something really genuine in our life. And it's called a relationship with Jesus. It comes through us as proof. As a church, your love through service and generosity in this community is proving Jesus to people all the time. 
and it gets talked about. I wish I could just take you along like a pocket cam for a day or so in the community and you could see the response that your serving and your generosity makes within the community. I mean, I'm in one room at a chamber luncheon Thursday, and the Sumner School District superintendent is sharing about the, their Vision 220 and, and, and sharing to the, the, the people, all the business owners in the community, and they're, and they're using open life as a demonstration of a, a beautiful partnership with the school district to all these business owners. Another person stands up and references open life and, and, and the, what we've done in partnering with the community through Big Give or a giving tree and, and school supplies. It's just crazy to be in rooms like that. And I'm like, oh, if only you could hear the difference you're making and the love that is being felt as an integral part of the culture and community. And then I have coffee on the afternoon on, on Wednesday. I'm having coffee and, with some missionaries to the Dominican Republic. And uh, Jamie and Burley Bayo. And I'm talking to them about what they're doing with youth and university students there in the Dominican Republic. And, and just having a dialogue about, like, you know, what is their mission and how are they making an impact. And there's thousands of students being impacted by what they've been able to lead in that country over a ton of years. And, and they were like, you know, we came here and we just kind of had this instinct that we were supposed to come and ask you for something like how could open life partner with us in the dominican republic and and they were like your impact in the community is crazy and what you're doing how you're partnering with leaders in the community is, is something we watch on social media and they start unpacking what they've seen and asking questions about it and then they go could do you think anybody from open life would be interested in coming down the, to the dominican republic and teaching students and university students how to serve people outside of the walls of the church and go out into the community and begin to impact the culture like you're doing here. That's what we're desiring and praying for from Open Life. I was like... Because we had already prepared this talk, and I was thinking of verse 35 in that very moment she asked that question, where it says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. By your neighboring, the homes right around you, by your serving at your work or in your school or in this community, the things we're doing, it is being felt way farther than we could even imagine. In the Dominican Republic even. I was like, what? And I sit there in that moment and I just go, that is love. That's love in action. Your love is proving to the world that you're disciples of Jesus. That's pretty cool. And uh, anyway, I, I just thought that was amazing. Of course, I said, we're going to figure out how to serve the Dominican Republic then. If you guys want help with that, we'll set up like Skypes or whatever. We're going to figure it out, even if we have to send some people down. So we had a good talk and started dreaming, and you'll probably hear about that some other time. We'll, we'll challenge you to like get really out of your comfort zone. Love to the ends of the earth. But uh, so how's your answer to these questions today? Three questions. Loving others a priority for you? Are you keeping the command to love? Do, do people see your love? As you ponder those three questions, if at any point your answer is no, then you need to make room. If at any point you're unsure and you're going, well, we need to make room. 
How do we make room to love others? So I have four thoughts for you to make room that will wrap this talk up today. The first thought, trust Jesus' love for you. It first starts with you and Jesus. This is going to all start with you and Jesus. Psalm 143 verse 8 says, Let me hear of your unfailing love each morning, for I'm trusting you. Show me where to walk, for I give myself to you. We need daily reminders of God's love because society attacks us with the challenge to not love people, to stand against people, to be not for others. But the reality is Jesus is saying, no, mercy, love, expand your heart so that you can touch the lives of people. We've got to combat that daily time in Scripture. will just be beautiful at working that through. When we give ourselves to the love of God, We view others differently. I mean, we just love them deeply, which leads us to thought too. Value others. Like if we want to make room, if we want to truly make room to love others, we not only need to trust Jesus' love for us so that we're in right relationship with God, but we need to truly value people, like all people. We must view all people as made in the image of God because they are. We must learn to respect and value life because everyone's made in the image of God. Every life. Ephesians 2.10 says it. We are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You know the craziest thing I shared with uh, a talk I did to Lake Ridge Middle School uh, on Martin Luther King Assembly. The top 20 pieces of artwork in the world, all of them valued over $75 million. Beautiful paintings. But you know what they have in common? They're all originals, and they're all considered masterpieces. But you know why they're considered a masterpiece? Because people bought them. And then somebody else bought it from the original person who bought it. And then somebody else bought it from that person who bought it. And because people attributed value to those pieces of art, they're all worth over $75 million. What if we treat each other in our community, every person, no matter where they are, with value? What if we look in their eye, and it's not an eye of, why are you begging for money here? It's an eye of, Man, you're a beautiful reflection of the image of God. What if we could attribute value like that to others? What impact could that make in our community? We must view people as a masterpiece. A masterpiece. And sometimes that means we're going to be like the person who finds a masterpiece in their attic and it's got dust all over it and you have to kind of every once in a while go, oh my goodness, look at what I just found. Sometimes we're going to uncover masterpieces by our love for them. But we have to attribute that value. It's up to us. It's up to all of us to love others. Thought three, we got to be vulnerable. I mean, that goes back to our culture of being genuine, but man, if we would just be vulnerable and approachable, then we could actually love others so much more freely because we're not putting up a facade. We've got to be free from facade. We've got to reveal our cracks and brokenness so that we can relate to other people and not try to put on the 
the look of perfection at all. It's the look, I mean, people don't relate to that. They relate to our weaknesses. So be vulnerable so we can help others experience Jesus. We don't have to be perfect to share our experience with Jesus. Share your experience with Jesus, even in your vulnerability, in your brokenness. Jesus didn't challenge us. You're like, man, well, vulnerability is not safe, Thad. That's like not, that's opening myself up again. Well, yeah. And again, you can read throughout the Bible, we're not challenged to be safe. We're challenged to love. Put our heart on the line. Loving is adventurous. Loving at times and following the call and unction of God for our life is sometimes dangerous. But God's with us wherever we go. We're promised that. Thought four, take a risk. I love the word risk. I also am an outgoing personality. But I don't care if you're an introvert or an extrovert. We have to accept this call to love. It's for all of us. We're not excluded because we're an introvert. Or it's not, okay, well, you're the ones that get to love because you're extroverts. You don't, you don't mind being in front of a crowd and talking and you don't get all nervous. Loving others is risky. You will get hurt. Hurting people, what? Hurt people, oftentimes. It's like, you know, you're loving them and sometimes they stab you in the back. But guess what? God helps you heal emotionally. Because you can get hurt, it's the reason many don't love, right? We're like, well, I can't get hurt again by love. It's okay. God will help you through that. And that's why we're family here and we can help each other through the failures and the the risks that love will bring, the rejection even, if you will. I have to take you back, though, when you're at this thought, right? Take a risk. Why not? Why not take a risk? was our theme two years ago, why not? Inspired by one of the most amazing movies, in my opinion, We Bought a Zoo. Come on, right there. How could you not just get all excited about we bought a zoo we watched it as a family the other night again and and just is it maybe it's my age i cry a lot during that movie it's just so like the music kicks in at the right time and you're just like you know you ever watch a movie and realize how many bad words are in it the second time you watch it because your family's in the room you're going oh oh i forgot that oh oh that's another word for poop kids sorry anyway um it's still a good movie and here's the quote that just gets me every time. And really, it's the whole point of the movie. Sometimes all you need is just 20 seconds of insane courage. Just literally 20 seconds of embarrassing bravery. And I promise you, something great will come of it. I mean, if we just thought, okay, do you think that's what the Samaritan thinks? When he's walking and he looks across the road and he sees his enemy, a Jewish man, beaten to death naked on the side of the road, not knowing if he's dead or alive or whatever, he has to start the countdown, right? 20, 19, 18. Insane bravery to cross the road and care for the needs of this man. And something great would come of it. Now, it's just a story Jesus made up to really tick the person off that was asking him the question, right? But our reality is, 
How hard is it to just start a clock in our head when we have an opportunity? An opportunity to pass or an opportunity to love? And we just start that timer going 20, 19, 18. If we're like, can I make 20 seconds? Can I make 20 seconds of room in my life this week so that I could love somebody? Reality is 20 seconds is going to lead you to a minute, 10 minutes, half hour, hour. And you're going to have what we call in our home an open life moment. Because that's what the challenge God gives us, is to be there for others. Lay our times and, and constraints down for others. It's natural to feel overwhelmed with the challenge of love. Sometimes you might feel ill-equipped. But God loves weakness. Last passage, 2 Corinthians 12.9 says, Each time he said, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. Man, we're going to feel unprepared with the opportunities God gives us to love other people. There's no class we could take for impromptu acts of love. But if we're open to it, something beautiful could happen. Very beautiful. Our final question, this is what you need to ponder this week. Who do you need to make room for? And this is, the worship team is going to play and, and, uh, we're going to give you space to respond to this. Maybe pull that connect card back out that you already filled out or, right, open up your notes on the app and just jot a name down. Somebody specific. You've been just, it's been coming to you during today and you're going, this is the specific person I really think God wants me to love. Maybe it's actually one of your neighbors, like one of those homes right next to you. You're just like, that guy, come on. Why did I come to church today, right? Yeah, that, maybe it's that guy, that gal, that kid that always comes to your house and eats all your food if you have teenagers. Anyway, that's the reality. You just got to think. Pick one today that you're going to make room for. Be willing for impromptu acts of love during the week. And I'm going to pray that you'll be available to do it. So God, I thank you for the challenge of neighboring. And it's amazing that you would teach us this through really a moment that this rich or this, this religious ruler was trying to catch you in your answer. But you provide such a beautiful and simple instruction for us is to love others as if they're our neighbor. To God, open our lives up to, to moments where we can serve others and it can be proof to the world that we are your disciples if we'll just love. Maybe some of us in this room, our starting point today is going to be to choose to love you and love your, really understand the way you love us so that we can then replicate that in community. Pray that God, you will empower us. You'll help us to get past the uncomfortable moments and the weaknesses we see in ourselves, and just be vulnerable this week. And that opportunity after opportunity would add up and we can make a transforming difference in the lives of others around us. I thank you that we get to rent this school today. I thank you that oh, we get to come here and hear your word and that it's going to come to life through us this week. 
And if anybody here today has yet to start a relationship with you, would they simply just confess that you're Lord today? May they take a step and say, Jesus, I choose to follow you and I can't wait. I can't wait to be on this journey of life, loving others in your name. God, help us do that. Help us love others. Help us make the room necessary to love people. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.